Linda Harvey has written a piece uh, for Mission. She is, of course, uh, uh, with Mission America uh, and, in fact, is uh, one of the leaders of Mission America. Linda Harvey wrote a piece called Standing Against Pronoun Interrogation at School. You're looking for ways to help your kids deal with the inevitable question of what are your pronouns and how to deal with others when they declare their pronouns. This might be the article that you need to read. And it's why I have posted this article on my webpage at alwayswrite.us. Joining us now to tell us more about this is Linda Harvey. Linda, thank you so much for coming on this morning. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Thank you Um, so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I really appreciate the chance to talk to you. I certainly enjoyed when you uh, uh, presented for our Citizens for Free Speech webinar a few months back. And, and I follow Mission America very closely, and I, uh, I just always appreciate what you write. And I feel like the time is right now, as we are again on the 16th of August. People are, kids are headed back to school very, very soon for, if they're not there already. And this is something they're going to face. Um, and, and before we talk about some of the suggested responses that you have listed here for, for students on how to deal with these questions, let's go back to the precursor, your article about pronoun passports coming. Um, you cite some examples, Olentangy schools uh, near Columbus and uh, Dublin schools also in, uh, are outside of Columbus. Tell us a little bit about the pronoun passports that you're concerned about and what you're seeing at some of these schools already. Well, yes, Bob, because I think what's happening is that the whole LGBTQ movement has gotten a lot of muscle, and they are pushing this as hard as they can, especially with the Biden administration in charge and the anticipated changes to Title IX sex discrimination law, which is a whole other subject we could talk about forever. Uh, Without any kind of legislation, they're just going to ram this through. So people are are aggressive and proud, quote unquote, of pushing this agenda to kids. So what's happening is that it's going to become a standard or within teacher training, it's already a standard to introduce yourself. And when you introduce yourself to include your pronouns, and that is, you know, if you're a, a guy or you identify as a guy, your pronouns are he and him. If you're a woman, you identify as a woman, it's uh, a she and her. And but you can make them up. You can be a plural pronoun. You know, a singular person can be they now, or you can make them up. Z, them, zir, and so on. And this is um, so insidious, and it is a backdoor way of making kids affirm this agenda, and also teachers. So we saw, as you mentioned, uh, down here in, near Columbus, Dublin schools. Uh, Olentangy schools, we know specific classrooms where teachers have had kids stand up and you have to uh, introduce yourself and state your pronouns. And, you know, uh, kids have come home from school crying, telling their parents about how humiliated they were. We also have on record teacher training programs in the Hilliard schools down here and in Parma up in your area, because, you know, I'm also on the board of Protect Ohio Children. And Mm -hmm. if you go to protectohiochildren.net, you'll see all kinds of whistleblower information anonymously posted uh, about this, but where these teacher training homosexual activists, quite frankly, uh, told teachers to, you know, here's what you need to do with pronouns and even introduce yourselves right now uh, to each other, the person on your left, you know, introduce your, use your name and give your pronoun and that this should be the new standard. No, it shouldn't. And we need to stand up against this and be ready and prepare our kids for these classroom introductions where that may be required or asked of them and how they could respond. 
Um, we're talking with Linda Harvey. She is the founder of Mission America, founded this organization in 1995. Uh, and it's an extraordinarily important one. In addition to, as you say, being on the board of Protect Ohio Children. Um, let's answer the obvious question, because those who disagree with you and me uh, are going to come back at you and say, what's the problem? Why can't you just let kids name themselves or call themselves what they want to call themselves? Why do you have to make a big deal out of this? Why do you have to, you know, tell kids who want to change their pronouns, who might question their own identity, that they want to do this? You're being harmful to them. You know, you're hurting them. You're hurting their feelings, their own belief in their own self-confidence, their own, um, you know, self-worth by, by telling people, no, don't, don't address people by pronouns and don't volunteer yours. How do you, most of this audience, probably 99% of this audience already agrees with you and me, but for for those who might wonder, how do you respond to people who just say, quit making a big deal out of this, let the kids call themselves what they want? Well, Bob, it's, uh, it's as I was saying, this is a backhanded way of uh, coercing kids into affirming a very insidious, unscientific, unbiological agenda. No one is born in the wrong sex body. That doesn't mean that we advocate people being cruel to someone who is confused, but it doesn't mean you have to stand up and in your space and in your identity as a child or as an adult or as a teacher say, oh yeah, I'm going to cooperate with this propaganda. It's a propaganda tool. This is a con job and we need to make sure we know that's what it is. And from a faith standpoint, this forces kids and teachers to affirm something that is completely contrary to the faith. We know we were designed as two types of humans, male and female, and that we need to stand on that. And I know there there are teachers that are going to say when these kids respond in a different way and say, I don't prefer to say that, uh, they're going to say, well, aren't you being, just what you said, aren't you being cruel and and, uh, inhumane and you're not being very considerate and uh, this could be considered hateful. You know, our kids need to stand up and say, I think it's quite the opposite. For you to ask me to affirm something that's obvious and God-given is an insult to my faith and my morality. We cross into a dangerous area, in my opinion, um, when we when we try to counter their arguments of, uh, you know, science has shown that kids can have something called gender dysphoria. They are, their mind does not mesh with what their body says and so on and so forth by responding to it with, well, the Bible, well, Christianity, well, Judaism, well, faith. Um, Again, while that might mean a lot to me and to you, they see that as just a straight up uh, assault on the separation of church and state. Don't bring your morality and your faith arguments here. They have no place in the public schools. They have no place in the public square. That's for you and your church or your synagogue, um, not here. Again, I'll ask you, uh, Linda, because I think you can help people here. How do we answer that? Right. Well, you know, it's funny because I came to all of this in the early 1990s when I was a progressive agnostic. I became a Christian, and then then I began to finally open my mind and read other information about the sexuality issues, about abortion. And I realized that had I heard those arguments, secular research and arguments, while I was an agnostic progressive, I would have become a conservative. I might not even have become a Christian. Uh, I praise God that I am. But, but the problem is you can make this argument on any of these levels, 
And there are several different levels here. It is unscientific to claim that people are born in the wrong sex body. You know, for the standard in mental health treatment in psychiatry for forever since Freud has been to align um, a person's mind with reality if they're delusional. Well, guess when that changed? That's changed because of these sexuality agendas. No, no longer are kids supposed to be, people supposed to be aligned with reality. They're to be able to, to be affirmed in their delusions, and you're supposed to go along with it. The other issue is there's a, there are non-discrimination clauses in every school, on the local school board level, the state level, um, and in the national level that affirm the right to religion. So in a narrow sense, everybody can stand on their civil rights to claim their, their religious faith. So uh, as long as people don't say, you must believe what I believe in the Bible, you can say, guess what? This offends my faith, and I think we're all talking civil rights here, so uh, can I just go with, uh, with not answering that? Once again, we are talking with Linda Harvey. She is the founder of Mission America. Um, she has written, well, many, many articles and many, many pieces for the Mission America website. But the two that we're speaking of this morning involve pronouns as your kids head back to school. Um, the pronoun passports that are coming. And uh, and now most recently, as I said to Linda when we first brought you on, you have some suggestions on how kids can stand up against pronoun interrogation at school. Quite literally, you list many, many lines here that perhaps kids can memorize and if they are indeed confronted with the question of what do you want to be known as uh what sex are you what gender are you what pronouns do you prefer us call you uh what do your parents call you at home and and these kinds of things you've got a lot of suggestions here tell us about how you came up with this and and um and and what some of these suggestions are well i sent out a call to some of my closest colleagues for their suggestions and also I put out a notice on our e-newsletter, Mission America. We have a, an e-newsletter. People can sign up at missionamerica.com and ask people to send me their suggestions. And I got some hilarious ones, and then I got some very serious ones. Um, so some of them are what you, for, you can divide it down into grade schoolers and middle and high schoolers because, you know, kids are going to be more brave and more have more complex ideas at different stages. And you know your own child and their personality. But, for instance, um, you can say, I was born a boy or a girl, and I'm, I'm happy to announce that I will remain that way. Um, also, you can refer people back to parents, and grade schoolers ought to do this. My parents filled out a form when I started school. Please use that information. And also, uh, my mom or dad have, have said they don't want me discussing this, and if you have any questions, ask them, and so on. So for that's for the smaller kids, and then for larger uh, the the high school, middle school, high schoolers, you can say that, you know, I believe there are only two genders, only two sets of pronouns for human beings, for people. They, you can ask, is this uh, required by law? Is this in the school handbook? Or you can take um, a copy of the child's birth certificate, make the child, you know, carry that around with them. I mean, that's a, this is a hard burden for kids to bear, but that this is something that may come up and just say, here's my birth certificate. It says I'm a male or female, um, and any medical intervention will never change that, and so on. And also people can use this if they care to, to make a bold faith statement that Jesus declared there's male and female, and that's my faith, and I hope you will honor and respect that. You know, uh, we're talking with Linda Harvey, Mission America, and also protecting Ohio's children. Um, the um, 
the lines are great, and some of them are funny, and some of them, as you say, are faith-affirming, and some of them are just, you know, direct and, and, and very matter-of-fact, um, and I'm not participating in this and so forth. Um, but what do we say to the kids to help them defend themselves against the inevitable onslaught of negativity they're going to receive for using one of these lines? Because you know as well as I do, kids and people get canceled for saying things like what we're talking about here because you are, you know, it's kind of funny. You and I both know, and I think science knows, um, that what they like to call gender-affirming care is essentially the step, you know, uh, steps toward mutilation, physical, surgical mutilation, uh, uh, you know, uh, developmental mutilation by by puberty blockers, blocking hormones, and so on and so forth. They call that gender-affirming care, and they say to deny those things is actually the abuse. You're causing harm to people by not um, affirming what they want to be. So let's say a kid goes in and gives one of these lines that you're talking about here, which, again, I love. Um, Inevitably, either the teacher or somebody in administration or parents of other kids wants the kids go home and say, Johnny said, I'm not participating in this stuff. There's only men and women. There's only boys and girls, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the, the pushback comes, the ostracizing comes. You know, they're going to be ostracized, they're going to be um, marginalized, and they're going to be called bigots and so on and so forth. How, how do we find the courage and the right words to battle those things, Linda? Well, this is a very tough question, and this is the, the ultimate question nowadays about having your children in the public schools at all. Right. And I would urge any person who has who are thinking, you're thinking about this, you know your kids are going to be confronting this. If you can take your children out of the public schools, uh, I would recommend you do that. However, many people, for a variety of reasons, will not do that or cannot do that. And so in the current climate period, not just in schools, we have to train our children to be brave. Um, and we have to equip them to stand up against this, that we can't just all roll over. Now, I know this is putting kids in a very difficult position. But if you equip them with prayer, again, this I'm thinking faith-based, prayer and the, the scripture readings and all of that, and if it's not faith-based, with firm, you know, giving them a foundation in the truth, that there is no evidence that this is going on. This is a very recent phenomenon, and it's going to come and it's going to go. It's, it's, it's going out of fashion, in, for instance, in in uh, the UK and in Europe, they're backing away from this mutilating surgery. So the trend is in our favor, and those kinds of facts need to be presented to kids, especially the older kids. Um, equip them, and then just get them to the point where they're prepared. They know that they're going to possibly have a comeback by the teacher to say you're being uh, not being compassionate, you're being hateful, um, and that they stand firmly and politely and and be able to answer those questions. And I think. That level of courage is something that our kids are going to need, no matter what, it, whether it's this situation or not. And they won't be the only ones. I'll ask them to look for other kids and align with those kids and stand together. Last question for you is also a tough one, because um, I'm asking you to crystal ball this thing. But with all of the efforts that Mission America is making, that Protect Ohio Children are making, and other groups and organizations who do recognize the obvious things that you and I are discussing, um, it's still I still have to wonder, 
will there come a day when we will have put this behind us? Will, will we ever be able to declare victory? Will there ever come a time where we cross over and people say, yeah, you know what, this was misguided, this was dangerous? I mean, how many, how many suicidal you know, teens and, and people in their 20s who realized to their great regret that they allowed the adults in their lives when they were kids to push them into something that they can never, ever reverse and never take back. How many of them will it take before people stop and actually say, you know what, maybe this was a terrible idea to push this and to call this care and to call this gender affirmation uh, instead of child abuse? Do you think we can ever turn it back, Linda? Well, I do believe that we can, but it is going to take many parents uh, to be involved as they have been in the last couple of years. I am very encouraged by what we're seeing because this is a whole new phenomenon, parents rising up and this becoming a national uh, election issue, quite frankly. That has not happened. I mean, it's just, this, is, this whole trend has been developing for, for two decades and uh, only suddenly now is it coming to the forefront and, and there's accountability. So I think we have to continue. We don't know the future. We don't know uh, where we're being led. We don't know where our nation's going, where our state is going. We just have to do the best we can. And if it turns out that it becomes a situation where vast majority of parents, are, you know, numbers of parents are removing their kids from schools and the, the public schools are a, a wasteland, well, then, then so be it. Um, that, that will be very sad. We have to pray for those kids and work on those as taxpayers and keep them accountable. But, but that might be where we're heading, and that would not be a totally bad thing. Linda Harvey, the founder of Mission America, also a board member of Protect Ohio Children. Um, Linda, I really appreciate your writing what you wrote about this, the strength and support for kids and parents pushing back against the uh, pronoun passports and against the interrogations that are coming as school starts again. I hope we can call on you again uh, because I know the, the work that you're doing and, the you know, Jonathan Broadbent, of course, one of your colleagues at Protect Ohio, the, you guys are doing some incredibly laborious work in defense of kids, and uh, we want to continue to highlight that here. So hopefully we can have you back on again soon. Thank you, Bob, for all you are doing. You are a great blessing to the Cleveland area, to Ohio. So thank you so much. Very kind of you to say. Thank you, Linda. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.